Hey guys, this is Ray Peoples. I'm the campus pastor at New City Church in Merriam, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today, and special thanks in advance to those of you who give generously to New City. You're the ones that make this ministry possible. And to partner with New City, click the link in the description below. I hope this message inspires you to trust in and live like Jesus. And if it does, don't forget to subscribe, share it on social media, and send it to your friends. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning and welcome, New City Church. My name is Ray. I'm one of the pastors here, and we are so glad that you're joining us online today. And uh, man, what uh, what a time it is, right? Uh, eventually, we will get to come back together, but for now, we are continuing with our online services, at least through the month of May. But with that, I do want to say again, thank you so much for your continued generosity. Thank you for giving to our ministry and what we are doing. It just shows that you believe in New City, you believe in us and uh, what we want to do in our community. Uh, Just to let you know, uh, your giving in this past week gave us an opportunity to uh, purchase some gift cards for Merriam Park Elementary teachers. Now, Merriam Park is the school that we uh, do our food pantry at, and we had the opportunity to buy them, uh, come alongside their PTA, if you will, and buy them some gift cards and just show them some uh, appreciation, teacher's appreciation here at the end of the school year. So thank you for that. Uh, just want to remind you a couple ways that you can continue to give, all right? You can go to newcitychurch.com slash give. Uh, you can set up a couple different ways of giving there on that particular uh, webpage. You can also download our app, uh, New City Church, and it has our logo there. And uh, there's a give button there as well. And also you can text to the number on the screen here. Uh, this is another great way for you to be able to give. All right. But again, we want to thank you for your continued generosity. I hope that it's really just a time of worship as you click that button for you and uh, just thanking God for his provision and uh, what he's doing in your life and uh, what he is doing just in our city. And so I hope that it's sweet for you. Uh, Before we jump into uh, the message this morning, I just want to spend a moment and pray for us as we begin this time together. And uh, man, I'm looking forward to this next series. It's going to be a fun one over these next couple weeks. And so let me pray for us and we'll dive right in. Okay, so Father, we thank you so much for today. We thank you for your word. Lord, I just pray that it speaks to us today. And Lord, I pray that as we're going to be talking about that we not only be hearers of the word, but we be doers. And so Lord, we just give this time to you and may it be uh, sweet. May it be precious to you. But Lord, more importantly, may our eyes and ears be open to what you have for us in this moment. And Lord, may we take that into this week and just apply it to our lives, apply it to the lives of the individuals around us. And uh, Lord, we just look forward to that time of uh, you using us. And uh, may we just grow in these next few minutes in your word. And we just trust you and love you in your son's name. Amen. Well, today we are starting a new series. And this particular series we are calling circles, all right? And the idea behind this series is kind of looking at the circles that Jesus uh, had around him, the people that he influenced. And as we talk about these circles, there's a couple different categories that he begins to kind of put people in, and those that are closest to him and those that are kind of far away from him. But what we want to talk about in this series is how you then can draw closer to him in these circles that kind of Jesus lays out for us. Now, in this series, we're going to continue our walk through the book of Mark, okay? And we're going to pull out 
a set of scriptures to kind of create this series. And so if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in the book of Mark today. We're going to be in chapter 3 is where we're going to kind of start. All right. So to give you some uh, context, if you will, uh, Jesus uh, has now called all 12 of his disciples. All right. Mark has made a record of that and has listed out the 12 close disciples that will be the ones that travel and move with Jesus wherever he goes. The ones that will basically come under his teaching as kind of the the rabbi or the teacher that they have decided to follow, all right? But also, Jesus is beginning to teach a little bit more. And he is uh, not only just healing, but he's now more so teaching. And as he's teaching, the crowds are growing. Like more people want to be around Jesus and hear what he has to say. But in that, he is getting to a place here, as we're going to see in Scripture, that he is uh, so busy teaching that he doesn't even have the opportunity to eat. And in that, some folks kind of grow a little bit concerned for him. And so they call in his mother and his brothers. They call in his family, ultimately, to care for him. All right, so we're going to be in Mark chapter 3 this morning. And that's kind of where we're going to begin to pick up, all right? His, his family's been called on the scene, and now they come to where he is teaching, okay? So Mark chapter 3, verse 31, it says this, Then his mother and his brothers came, and standing outside, they sent word to him and called him. And a crowd was sitting around him and told him, Look, your mother and your brothers and your sisters are outside asking for you. But he replied to them, Who are my mother and my brothers? And looking around at those who were sitting in the circle around him, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does the will of God is my brothers and my sisters and my mother. Now, in verse 21, here we see that his mothers and his brothers have again come on the scene, right? They can't get into the house because of all the people, but they pass word up through the crowd. Hey, we're here. Jesus, we're here. We want to check on you, right? And so it gets up to those that are sitting right at the feet of Jesus, and they say, hey, your mother and your brothers are here. And Jesus gives this kind of funny reply that he's going to give here in a moment. But they're ultimately coming to check on him, right? They're coming to see and make sure that Jesus is okay. Uh, The crowds are growing by the day. More and more people are starting to follow him. And it's as though they feel a little bit of responsibility, if you will, to come in and check on Jesus. Uh, Kind of that motherly instinct or that motherly love, right? That's why Mary is there. Jesus, are you okay? Are things going okay, right? And so today we're going to be talking about kind of these three circles, all right? And the first circle that I want you to see is Jesus's earthly family, okay? Jesus's earthly family. Now to put that in our context, we're going to call that this morning my family, right? Your earthly family. Each of us has an earthly family. Jesus had an earthly family. He had his mother and he had his brothers and his sisters. Now, We know his mother is Mary. We know that a couple of his brothers, one of them is by the name of James and another by the name of Jude. Now, these guys, that sounds familiar, doesn't it? Because these guys would go on to write other books in the New Testament. James was Jesus' brother. Jude writes in his that he was James's brother. Excuse me, a lot of confusion there. But he's James's brother. So if James is Jesus' brother, then Jude is also Jesus' brother. 
And they are now here on the scene to check on him, all right? So he has his earthly family. But guess what? You yourself have your earthly family as well. Those that you love on, those that you care about, those that you spend time with probably more than you want to right now, right? But you're spending time with your earthly family. And even if you don't have a great relationship with your earthly family, guess what? You have this blood-bound bond, don't you? Uh, Whether you like it or not, sometimes you have then an earthly family. Now, Jesus has his mother and his brothers. At this point, it's thought that Joseph has now died. But here's the thing. Jesus loves his family deeply. We see at the cross that he looks down to his mother and he says, Behold, you will be cared for, right? He, he still loves his earthly family. But when word gets into him here at the house, his response is a little bit funny, isn't it? He says, Who are my mother and my brothers? And he kind of looks around the room. Now, here's the thing, all right? That kind of seems a little bit unloving. That seems a little bit unloyal, uh, almost as though he doesn't care really anymore. Or some would even say, oh, he forgot who his mother and brother is. I don't think Jesus forgot who his mother and brother are, right? But he is ultimately saying, look, there is more to this. This family is now expanding from just my earthly mother and my earthly brothers. So that begs us to ask the question. Does Jesus have to deny his family in order to love the whole world or to go about the mission that he's called on? No, that's not what he's saying. But what he is saying is that he's drawing some lines here. And that line has now moved from his earthly family to a larger circle of now God's family. And who would be a part of God's family? And so he's saying, yes, I have my earthly brothers and sisters, but I also now have this communal family, this spiritual family that I'm spending time with and teaching and growing in the ways of my father and who he is. So he's not denying his family, but more so he is affirming God's family and God's family that will be established, his spiritual brothers and sisters. He's bringing all of these things and all of them together into the one circle or one place, right? Now, there's an importance there, okay, for him bringing them together into God's family. In fact, his earthly brothers, James and Jude, would understand the importance of being a part of then God's family. You see, at the beginning of the book of James, James writes, I am a slave of the Lord Jesus Christ. He doesn't any longer see him as his earthly brother. He doesn't put, I am a slave of my half-brother. He says, I am a slave of Jesus Christ, because he's now acknowledging the need for Jesus to be a part of then God's family. Jude does the same exact thing at the beginning of his book. He says, I am a slave of the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, they're clarifying with their words their need for Jesus to then be a part of not only his earthly family, but also now a part of God's family. Well, how do we become a part of God's family? Well, we accept Jesus, right? We begin a relationship with Jesus. That's the same even for his earthly brothers and his earthly mother. They must accept him as Lord, right? They must confess him as Lord. James and Jude do that at the beginning of their books. You see? Uh, Let me give you another example. So in Hebrews 2, uh, verse 11, 
the writer records Jesus as saying this. So now Jesus and the one he makes holy have the same father. You see, the righteousness that Jesus brings, you now are a part of God's family. And that's why Jesus is not ashamed to call them his brothers and sisters. For he said to God, I will proclaim your name to my brothers and sisters, and I will praise you among your assembled people. So he has now created, again, this second group of folks, this second family, if you will, and it's God's family. He's clarifying in the room, look, yes, that's my earthly mother and my earthly brothers, but you are also my brothers and my sisters. Now, now, here's the thing. In verse 34, as he continues on, it says, And looking about at those who were sitting in the circle around him, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. But he adds this little kind of uh, add-on, if you will. Uh, Whoever does the will of God is my brother and my sister and my mother. You see, he shares who then is a part of the family. Well, the one that does the will of God. That's who. Okay? So we have my earthly family and we have God's family. But then also we're going to see Jesus establish his spiritual family. Those 12 and those closest to him that he has drawn in, those are going to be the ones that he's going to walk with the closest. And he's going to explain some things to them that he's not going to explain to anybody else. And he's going to teach them some things that he's not going to teach to anybody else. Because he wants to begin to develop and grow his disciples as this close spiritual family in his life. And so he's reaching in there and he's wanting them to follow and see the will of God just as he does. The will of the Father. He says, hey, follow this. Now, here's the thing, all right? Here's what spiritual family does. We walk together in a family-like dynamic, right? Like sometimes we may argue. Sometimes we may wrestle. Sometimes we may have an all-out, you know, drop-down, however that saying goes, kind of fight. But yet we come back to each other with forgiveness. That's a true spiritual family. Iron sharpening iron. But here's a a quote I once heard. It's hard to sharpen iron It's hard to sharpen iron if sparks aren't flying, right? And so you've got to have a little bit of tension. And so you have that tension then in your spiritual family. Blood relatives can be close, but spiritual family can sometimes even be closer because you might be walking through things of your family with your spiritual family. Now, I love this description of a spiritual family. All right, you ready? A network of relationships created for a common obedience to the will of God melted together by love at each intersection and motivated in a ministry of service. You see, we find ourselves arms locked together, going head into the storm, ready to battle together. That is spiritual family. You're walking through the mud and the grime, the grit and the gross but also you're coming out on the other side fresh and clean. We have Acts chapter 2 as kind of the example that we want to emulate in that, right? Looking like the church, caring for one another in such a way. That's your spiritual family. And that's what Jesus was going to develop with his disciples. Hey, you're going to go everywhere I go and learn the things that I learn and, and the things that I want to teach you so that you then can make an impact on those around you, right? And so, here we go. Spiritual family... Here's the other piece. Spiritual family can be built on some strong, strong foundations. 
some conversations and efforts. But here's the piece that I want you to see this morning, all right? Each of these circles and each of these pieces have to all go together. You can't leave them out there floating by themselves. So let me give you an illustration of this, and maybe it'll kind of help, all right? So we have these three areas or these three circles, right? Uh, God's family, my family, and our spiritual family. Jesus has kind of clarified each of those here in the text now. And so when we walk into that, look here. Uh, For example, if I was spending all my time with just my family, and I was never spending any time with spiritual family or with God, it's going to be hard for me then to lead my family. Because what I've ultimately done is I've disregarded the other two for the one. Or, for some people, those three circles are spaced out and separated. In other words, I've got my family and we hang out and do things. And then I go to church and I check the box for Sunday. And then my relationship with God looks as easy as I'll go to His Word or I'll pray when times are hard. But I'm not going to spend a lot of time in relationship with Him. You see? The circles can then be put into a place that they're kind of separated out. Now, here's another one, okay, that's common in ministry, is that someone will sacrifice their earthly family for the sake of their spiritual family, right? They will spend so much time ministering and loving on their spiritual family that their earthly family seems forgotten. We see that happen a lot with pastors uh, and people in full-time ministry. They're so committed to the ministry that they forget about their earthly family. And so for me, my heart is that I don't want to get to the end of, of my boy's time at home, if you will, and they don't like church or even like Jesus because dad spent all his time with the spiritual family instead of our earthly personal family. You see, there's got to be a balance and a guard. Now, Some would say, well, what if I'm balanced in two of those areas, right? Like, I spend a lot of time with my family and with spiritual family. Well, that particular person would be someone who would say, you know what? I don't know that I necessarily need to spend any time with God. I go to church and I do those things and I love my family well, but I'm not following what? Well, I'm not following the will of God and what He has put before me, right? Because here's what Jesus said. Whoever does the will of God is my brothers and my sisters. Now, here's the thing. Like, this is kind of common sense stuff, really. But if you aren't spending any time with God, then it's going to be hard for you to know the will of God, right? The more time we spend with Him, the more we know His will. And then what happens is this. When we know His will, that then can trickle into my family and into my spiritual family. So, let me ask you this question. What do you think a healthy balance looks like? Right? What do you think a healthy balance looks like? Well, ultimately, each of those circles would be overlapping to create kind of this sweet spot. And that sweet spot is going to look a whole lot like this fella named Jesus. Because Jesus was really good at balancing the three. Now, let's go back to Mark 3 and see what happens here, okay? Because his mother and his brothers come to him, his earthly family. Then he looks around the room and he says, this is my family, God's family. And then he declares, look, you need to do then the will of God. 
Okay, so over these next couple of weeks, look here, we're going to see that Jesus is going to clarify more and more what it looks like to be a part of God's family, what it looks like to build a spiritual family, but also to love your family in the same way. And so when we look at Jesus, we have then this beautiful example of what this balance looks like. All right. And he's going to begin to grow those things too. Man, he's going to grow his spiritual family with the time that he's going to spend with his disciples. He's going to grow his relationship with the Father. And he's going to grow God's family as more and more people come and follow him. But here's the beautiful thing, all right? When we have a healthy balance of the three, look, here's what's happening. We are pursuing God and we are searching out his will for our lives. We are loving, caring, and discipling our families. And when we are growing in understanding of Jesus with others and sharpening one another, this is truly when we begin to look more and more like Jesus. Now, Matthew would say over in Matthew chapter 7, verse 21, he would quote Jesus as saying this, Look, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, is going to enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven those will enter the kingdom. You see? And it's the same here in Mark 3. Like, it's no different. You do the will of God. You are then my brothers and sisters. You are part of my family. Now, what is the will of the Father? Well, here's what it is in kind of its simplest form. That you will believe in the Son, that you will confess Him as Lord, you will obey Him, and then you will submit to Him. Now, We've talked a little bit about this kind of balance piece, right? But also there's now then this priority piece. The will of God in your life is the priority piece. He's saying that in Mark 3. The will of God, that is what makes you then my brothers and sisters. That is the priority in your life. The will of God. And when you pursue that, look here. Here's the beautiful thing that happens. It trickles down then into the other circles, the overlapping circles, right? Your relationship with the Father grows, you understand His will, and then that trickles into now your family and your spiritual family. Look here. I seek His will, and then, that I, and then offer and apply that to my wife and my children, my brothers and my sisters, my earthly family. Or... I seek his will, and then I offer and apply that to my brothers and my sisters that I'm walking with, the spiritual family that I am walking with. But here's the thing, and the hardest part of all of this, is that it always comes down to obedience, doesn't it? All through these next couple chapters that we're going to be walking through, it always comes back to obedience. Now, in the next uh, next week, as we jump into kind of the parable of the soils, Jesus is going to talk about this good soil or this soil that accepts the word, okay, or accepts the seed, if you will. And in that, it then produces a large, large crop. Guess what? That is the one, he says, that hears and accepts his word. In other words, is obedient to the will of the Father. Now, James, he'd say the same exact thing. He says this, Do not just be hearers of the word, but be doers of the word. Put it into practice. Make it happen in your life. Now, John would quote Jesus as saying this, You are my true disciple if you do whatever I tell you and if you continue 
in my word. You see, it always comes back to that first piece, being a part of God's family. And here in Mark 3, that's Jesus' desire. Look, yes, my earthly family is standing outside the door, but each and every one of you that are sitting here, that are in this circle, you are a part of God's family. And when you're a part of God's family, it then moves into those other circles. It trickles down. Now, here's the thing. What does Jesus say often about his purpose? Well, he says, my purpose is to do the will of the Father who sent me, right? And so if we're to be like Jesus, then guess what? That is also our purpose. That is also our priority, to do the will of my Father who sent me. That's his first priority, and that then should be our first priority. And then it moves into his disciples and his earthly family. Now, here's the fun thing. All right, over these next couple of weeks as we're walking through this series is that we're going to begin to break down even further what these circles look like, what it looks like to be a part of God's family. And next week, we're going to see that he kind of defines four groups of people that are a part of or want to be a part of, let me go with that, uh, to be a part of God's kingdom. And we're going to use kind of this language of the critic, the crowd, the fan, and the follower. And my heart's desire for you and for even me is over these next couple of weeks, if we're in one of those three, critic, crowd, or fan, that we will have the heart and the desire to move into and being a close follower of Jesus and who he is. Growing then our understanding of God's family will then grow our understanding of my earthly family and also my spiritual family and how we then can connect, right? And so... Man, I hope that today, my hope is that if you have not begun, first off, a relationship with Jesus, that's where you start. You start with God's family and that connection of being a part of that. Well, how do I do that? Where do I start? Well, you start by doing the will of God. You spend time in His Word to grow that understanding of His will, and you start a relationship with Him. If you don't know what that looks like, we would love for you uh, to message us in some capacity, right? Send us an email. Let us know that you have questions. How do I become a part of God's family? And if you're a part of God's family and you're not growing in a spiritual family, man, we want to offer opportunities for you in that as well. I know that right now times are kind of funny, but as, as we move into June and as we move into some of these restrictions hopefully being lifted, we want to look for opportunities to grow together as spiritual family, to sharpen one another, and to then be able to reach into our earthly family as well and grow there as well. All right? Man, I'm looking forward to the rest of this series as we walk through kind of some of these circles and we begin to break them down more and more for you. But today, the main thing that I want you to know and understand is that there needs to be a healthy balance in your life between your relationship with Jesus, your relationship with your family, and your relationship with those around you that are walking with you. So today, I want to I ask you that question. Is there a balance in your life? Do you have a healthy balance in each of those areas? And how can we begin to then move those things, move those circles to where they are and seem to be more balanced? Well, thanks for joining us today, and thank you for supporting New City Church's ministry. 
If this inspired you and you want to partner with New City, you can give now by clicking the link in the description or visit newcitychurch.com slash podcast for more information. Have a great day.